Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like Adolis Garcia, is not trying to think about the St. Louis Cardinals right now. <laughs> my name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Vince Morka. What is up, Nate? Uh, you know, not much. Just the offseason. And uh, besides that, we're going to talk about the uh, Cardinals front office and the offseason schedule. We're going to continue to talk about uh, Cardinal offseason news, and we're going to talk about the upcoming World Series. opening bit tweet us at talk about birds hambone how you doing today how's life fantastic nate it's yeah. uh the sun is shining the birds are chirping wow uh, the cats are scratching the dogs mm-hmm. are woofing keep going um, it's uh it's uh half off sushi at sprouts Ooh. today got a little grocery store sushi in my belly hmm. um just killing it over here I have been down the grocery store sushi route many a time. Wow. And it's usually a path towards disappointment. But you're saying that the Sprouts sushi Sprouts does a good job. They roll it fresh. Mm. It's fine. Yeah. It's a nice, moderately healthy lunch. Okay. And that discount, I mean. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah. It's what, like day old or something. Stop me. Um, <laughs> I mean, please start. Uh, I don't know. It tasted Ooh, fresh. Start. Mmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've done the, I used to like trick myself into thinking the schnooks, uh, sushi was like worth it. And then I was finally like, I, I gotta stop getting this. This sucks. Uh, fresh yeah. time well, is pretty good. Oh, like Deerberg's is superior in mm-hmm. almost every way. Right. So like, I think if you're going to go mm. with raw fish, freshly rolled, I would probably go to Deerberg's or, or whatever you fresh or, uh, fresh time. Used. yeah, I've never heard yeah. of that, but sounds lame. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's fine, but they they do the thing where they have like a little stand in there where there's a guy making it, you know. So it, it is definitely. Oh, I fresh. love a sushi guy. I love a sushi guy. That's. I what wonder they is that a called. good job? Um, you think? I don't know. I would. I imagine it's like most jobs. There's a tier to it. Yeah. Grocery store sushi guy. I can't imagine is very high on the tier list of uh, sushi jobs, yeah. but it's not the bottom. I'm thinking. Uh, Chinese buffet sushi guy might be the bottom. Yeah, um, that's some yeah, of the worst sushi good. I've ever had. Yeah, actually, well, is that yeah, like gas I've, station sushi? That's probably the worst. Is it? Does that exist? I don't know. Probably. Huh. Sushi. Yeah. Um, it's really had a, a good fifteen <laughs> years or so. It's really. Uh, it really on has. The, it's yeah. really on the map. <laughs> Uh, this is stupid, but I've got other stupid stuff to talk about, uh, Great. Benny boy. I, so in the midst of all of my, um, like from a few weeks ago with like the, the traveling and doing the half marathon and all that, right in the middle of all that, all I also you ever had, talk about, I know, right. I also had jury duty oh. in the middle of all of that, which I didn't really talk about on the show. Um, but uh, it reminded me, like, the jury duty is fine. I didn't get picked. I spent a whole day just sitting around city court. Um, met the sheriff. He seemed like a cool guy. Um, and uh, uh, 
but it reminded me of a story of our from our shared history, Ben. And you you may okay. or may not remember this, but I think yeah, uh, it 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 is some of it has stood out to me, and I, I think about it from time to time. So uh, back in college, uh, Ben and I lived together for quite a while, and uh, I got I get jury duty all the time. It, you do. It, I I've had jury duty like nine times. I've been and, called once. Yeah, it, it's absurd the amount of times I've been called. And I've gone the full run. I've been I've been the jury foreman on a yeah. major trial. Like you I've sent a man whole, to death. <laughs> not quite life in prison, though. Yes. Jeez. Um, but not death. Um, fortunately. So uh, you were arguing for death, but they <laughs> No, I am an anti-death penalty guy. Although wow. if, it, if you were on the stand, I would maybe change my uh, change my opinion. <laughs> Just this once. Just this once. <laughs> Look at him. All I did was steal a Snickers bar. Yeah. And for that, you deserve to die. Um, okay. Well, one time in college, I got jury duty and I like completely forgot about it. And they say that like, because I was good, I'm, I'm a good, good and cool guy. I've completely forgot that I had it. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but what they do, if you just completely whiff on jury duty, um, at least what they did to me is they put out a warrant for me yeah i don't um, remember this okay so according to you because this is this this is where your side of the story comes in but i will retell your side of the story we'll see <laughs> if you remember this okay at all um you were asleep on the couch at our house oh it was like the the middle of the day yes a an officer of the law came to our house to to serve me papers for my uh for my you know, my warrant for not showing yes. up to jury duty. And um, well, d I mean, if you remember it. Can no, you, no, you, you I, I, okay. I have. a Well, I, I I'm curious to hear what you say, because now I'm getting like a sense memory and I'm I remember re remembering the feeling of being terrified. Yeah. Um, so but I'll, I'll let you continue. So apparently the the officer um, uh, just obviously a super cool guy just slams on the door for quite a while for a while yelling. Nate Heininger, Nate Heininger, come out, or Nathan Heininger probably yeah. come out. And you, which I've always respected this move, just stayed on the couch. <laughs> just <laughs> didn't open the door. I wasn't home, just didn't open the door. And yeah. the, the officer looked through the window and saw you and said, I see you, Nathan, you've been served, and like left <laughs> the papers on the front of the, uh, on the front porch, mm. which is absolutely not how that's supposed to happen on multiple no. levels. But I, I appreciated you just not opening the door while there's a cop slamming on it, trying to trying to find me. Yeah. First um, off, I, I would, even though you just moments ago said that you would put me to death, <laughs> given the opportunity, I would never wrap my dogs out. I would never wrap my dogs out. Hell yeah. Also, Hell yeah. cops make me super nervous. So even if I've done yeah. absolutely nothing wrong and I'm just laying on a couch, probably watching Netflix. I'm like, I do not need to have this interaction. Yeah, just, yeah. They're not yelling I'm not for me. For I'm not. Yeah. 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 So being the good little boy that I am, I, you know, I tried to, I called the number trying to see like, okay, what do I do about this? I don't want to go to jail. And Smart. the office, the officer uh, over the phone said that if I came down to the, uh, to the station, and basically like reported it in and and told them what was going on that it would all be okay uh they would you know they you're, would understand oh it's not illegal to forget something 
Right. Like it, they're like, it'll be okay. Just come on down. Uh, and because I'm, I was particularly naive at that point. I thought, great, cool. I have a warrant for my arrest. I'll go to the police station and get oh, that sorted I- out. <laughs> so you and I got in the car. Uh, I think this is like the next day or two after, after the, after I had been quote unquote served. We got in the car and we drove to the local police station. I was like, hey, this will just take a minute. And you you sat in the car. So I went in there and uh, I'm like, <laughs> hi, officer. There's just like a front desk person. I'm like, hi. And I explained the situation. And she's like, so you have a warrant for missing jury duty? I'm like, yeah. And she, and she stops for a second. And, she, and, and it's a Friday. And she says, well, here's how this goes. Um, I arrest you. I book you and then you plead your case in front of the judge as to why it was okay that you missed it. And it's a Friday and the judge is not in right now. So what's most likely going to happen is you will spend the weekend in jail until Monday when you can talk to the judge. And I said, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) and in, um, what I can only imagine was, the uh the most extreme case of privilege that i've ever experienced in my entire life uh she looked at me and she said i didn't see you (laughs) and because i'm smart and cool i go what (laughs) and then she goes i didn't see you and then it clicks i'm like oh oh okay then i'm like okay Thank you. Bye. And I just turned around and like ran out to the car, got in the car. And I was like, we got to get out of here. And me and you drove. <laughs> go, 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 <laughs> go, 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 go. <sighs> and uh, I eventually like had to do a whole thing with like, you know, uh, like one of those like law centers and all that, you know, it, it, the story yeah. gets considerably less exciting after this. But um, yeah, like from you uh, ignoring the cop on the couch to, uh, this uh, police officer uh, doing the coolest thing anyone has ever done for me. Yeah, no uh, kidding. And also doing it in a baller way too. Like the the move of I didn't see you is yeah. like the coolest way to do that, you know. Um, and I'm the opposite of that, so I'm like, what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> all, all of that was just uh, uh, absurd. And and uh, I'll tell you what, I've never missed jury duty again. <laughs> That's smart. She looked at you like you were a little baby deer learning to walk yeah. the first time. Um, well, for sure, which is a basically yeah. I was not far off of that. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Thanks. Well, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, I, I remember that now, but I had not thought about that in the longest <laughs> time. Um, yeah. Oh, I, I yeah, am, every time uh, you jury duty. Yeah. I'm pleased that uh, my move was to, not to leave the room or anything, but just to <laughs> still outsmarted that son of a bitch. Yeah, there's such a good blend of like cops being cool and also being like completely terrible in this story, too. So, yeah, yeah, woof. Um, so anyway, I don't know. I thought that might be, uh, you know, it'd been on my mind. So I thought, well, yeah, you know, what is this show? It's the off season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But uh, but hey, we do have some baseball to talk about. So, um, I mentioned him in the uh, in the opener. Um, and it's kind of front and center, uh, if you're a Cardinal fan right now, but, um, uh, the Cardinals are once again, represented in the, in the world series by a player that, uh, was a former member of the, of the team that was let go for essentially nothing. Um, 
And uh, I mean, we can litigate that on the show if you want, but I would say most of yeah. all, I'm just happy for Adolis Garcia. Like he's always seemed yeah. like such an awesome dude and he's having such a good time. I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, yeah. And I mean, he's having a David freeze type, uh, you know, situation for the Rangers right now. And, uh, yeah, I think incredible. if you want to talk about like the cool, like the uh, accumulation of the Cardinals, the Randy Rosarena, the Zach Gallon, the Sandy Alcantara, the, and then throw in Adolis Garcia. I think that that's fine and dandy. That's you're, you're right on there. Um, but I don't think that he's the guy that you can say, oh, the Cardinals were wrong about this. Yeah. Every team in baseball has had multiple shots at this player. And the Rangers, it, it was right place, right time. Enough of their outfielders were injured for him to get an extended look at playing time. Um, right. And also, he has improved at the big league level three years in a row. Like, right. At, at, at a, a moderately advanced age for like a prospect or anything uh, or something like that. So like, I don't think you get to bag on the Cardinals too hard for this one. Um, like, you know, Randy or Rosarena had much better play discipline. Um, he was, yeah. I, I think his bat tool was just showing a little bit more that that's a good one to be critical on. Now, like you said, is it is it, it's like a very specialty shaped dagger for Cardinals fans. The fact yeah. that. It, luckily it hasn't been back to back years, but in non-consecutive playoff years, um, a former Cardinals farmhand has come out of nowhere and won some type of series MVP, broken some type of home run RBI bases record <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Um, and yeah. like, you know, if you're out there saying, well, the Cardinals would be better with Adolis and Randy Rosarena on the team. You're right. But then like, where does Dylan Carlson, where does Harrison Bader, where does Tyler O'Neill play? Um, all that being said, if you had those two guys in, in right and left field or in, in left and center or whatever the mix up is, um, the Cardinals have a pretty stout outfield. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's not yeah. the case. And yeah, I think yeah. your your point is really where it should land is let's just be happy for Adolis Garcia. Like this yeah. dude is awesome. He is jacked out of his mind. He plays with a flair. Um, we got to watch him for a second. And he's, you know, I don't think Adolis is ever going to be the type of guy that's a star. I think this year he put up almost five war. I wouldn't be surprised if this is his ceiling, um, mm -hmm. if, if he's touched it. But the dude's an absolute baller and he's so fun to watch. Um, let's, let's celebrate. I think this gives Cardinals fans a rooting interest, if anything. Yeah. I remember this story about him back when he was a Cardinal farmhand is, uh, I get, it was, it was some sort of almost like a, like a combine, but for baseball, you know, just like a tryout day or something like that, where they're all just sort of showing off their skills. And like one of the things that he did was, uh, at home plate, he like got a hit and then he um went on his hands and and did a handstand walk all the way to first base <laughs> yeah which is just an insane degree of strength yeah. and conditioning to be able to walk on your hands for the full uh distance of a of a base path like he's just one of those dudes and yeah it's yeah. come together for him i'm super excited for him he's had a good few years but definitely like this is his platform right now and and you know the whole world's looking at him and he's got a great smile you know what I mean? Just a fun guy. So um hopeful that he, he continues to put up well in the World Series. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like I, I do even wonder just like not in 2019 wasn't that long ago. 
But even since from from then to now, the way that we evaluate players, I think, is has changed even in that time period. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if the Cardinals had his 2019 AAA season happen in 2023, if they would even evaluate that different because of the speed power combo. And I think, you know, if you remember, it was, okay, guys striking out at 30% of the time in AAA is hitting bombs, but there's no plate discipline. It's, you know, the hit tool is, is really just power. Um, and I think, you know, it's hard to, I I think a lot of teams struggle to evaluate the actual defensive value of players in the minor leagues because of a myriad of reasons. But I I think that's, that's kind of the more disappointing side to, for me is that like, I don't think anybody could have predicted he would have a, uh, over 10% walk rate in 2023. But you do think the Cardinals probably could have predicted his gold glove level center field, right field, and maybe one of the best outfield arms in baseball. But yeah. uh, all, all that being said, he's uh, yeah, like you said, he's fun to watch. Don't hit him with a fastball. Uh, you won't like him when he's angry. I think he's got a funny shaped head and uh, <laughs> he's funny. To, he's fun to watch. Yeah, his um, his he, offensive like profile. A little, like a little mega mind thing going on with his head. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Like a little bulbous, but don't let him hear me say that. Um, his, his, um, his success is basically, uh, reliant on managing a razor thin balance between, uh, power and strikeout and walk rate where mo like people have been, he's been pretty successful for, you know, a couple of years now, but like everybody who, predicts baseball has been calling for him to fall off the face of the earth with this sort of offensive profile basically since he's been in the majors and he just keeps it going uh which is awesome and it's a fun offensive profile when it works swing at everything hit everything super hard enough of it goes over the wall or into a gap that you become valuable um and then obviously the defense so Anyway, uh, yeah, I think we're 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 more happy that for him, and I think this is a small blip. Is it a symptom of a bigger problem? Yes, absolutely. But this one, I think you can forgive the Cardinals yeah. for. Uh, uh, yeah, so. again, be mad about a Rosarena. Be mad about Zach Gallon or Alcantara. Yeah. Um, I really, I, I would even ju- like. I, I'm fine with limiting. Be mad about a Rosarena and Zach Gallon. Those two were a lot more predictive than Alcantara and Adolis. Um, yeah, it well, does. It, it just sucks that when this happens, it's brought up in the broadcast. I know, like, it's everywhere. Oh, the Cardinals yeah. are really scratching their head on this one. Like, yeah, it's uh, everywhere. Jeff Bazan, <laughs> you know, and, and I and it's like the Rangers DFA'd him also. Right. You know, so it, you know, for Mike Fulton Evitz, who is garbage, who, yeah, who has been garbage. Like it wasn't even a good baseball move. That's how fringy. Adolis yeah. was and honestly like you said there, there's there's a little bit of luck involved there's a razor thin margin that he's walking on but I think really give the credit to Adolis Garcia oh for, yeah for yeah. being able to improve his game not only at the major league level in a in a, in a in a on a winning team in a playoff race and all that like it's amazing what he's doing yeah let's relitigate everything the Arroz Arena trade it was for a top 10 pitching prospect. Now, Matt Liberatore has not developed the way we hoped he would. But at the time, everyone thought that was an overpay from the ra- or for the, the Rays. I don't if you remember that people thought that was a bad trade for the Rays. And then it turns out, you know, because 
the yeah. pitching development and everything like it, it's all it's all gone to shit <laughs> but yeah. like well, you know yeah so i also think like you, you can say this you can say that obviously hindsight's 2020 20, but if you just look at his offensive profile in the minor leagues like he was yeah. walking and hitting the ball hard and stealing bases at a right. decent clip He's just a better player. Um, and yeah. I think that Randy Orozarena's career will be longer than Odolis Garcia. Yeah. I think that Randy Orozarena will get paid very well uh, once he uh, graduates from his rookie contract. Um, and yeah. uh, Adolis Garcia, you know, he's not a free agent for a while, but he's going to be a one year type of deal guy. Um, and by that time, I would predict he'd be a fourth outfielder. So, yeah, it, yeah. yeah, we don't uh, we'll leave it there. Happy for uh, both of them, um, yeah. especially with the Cardinals not doing shit in the playoffs. We might as well root for somebody. Um, if I can make one smaller, one last point on it, trading for a, a Liberator was would be not unlike trading for another team's Tink Hints. So think what you would want right now as a Cardinal fan for Tink Hints. That's what the Cardinals had to pay to get Liberator. Now, of course, Liberator sure. is not developed like we hoped, but still, that's why they had to trade a guy like that. So let's talk about some other stuff. You wanted to talk about the pitch clock in the uh, in the playoffs. I I, I want to start on this because this the, the, whenever the pitch clock happened, the change we we've been, I think, generally roundly supportive of it. But I had yeah. two major concerns, one and, and they still kind of remained, although one is being answered now. The, the chief and primary concern is about the long term development of the pitching uh, of pitchers health and what this will do to just pitcher management and the game in general. You know, I believe that uh, like 50 because of the pitch clock and other things like 20 years, 30 years from now, pretty much everyone's going to be a reliever. And the, and the, we're, we're on the slow march towards the death of the starting pitcher. Um, but, uh, you know, that'll be a long time before we know. My other concern was playoffs. I, I really like the like grinding pace of playoff baseball, the stress, the like, you know, just just the guys staring each other down. It was one of my favorite things about playoff baseball was actually that the game slows down even more. But I'm also a, you know, nuts. So I, I like long baseball games. So I knew this yeah. change wasn't for me, but that was one of my concerns. Um, and now we're here in the playoffs. And so we can start to get this answered. So I'll kick it over to you now, though. Like now that we're getting playoff baseball with the pitch clock, how are you feeling about it? I think it's been absolutely fantastic. And maybe I would feel different if the Cardinals were in the one of the series and that we actually had something to yeah. like really be emotionally weighted on. But that, you know, game seven was three hours and 13 minutes last night uh, on, on Tuesday night. And it yeah. was a good game. It was at a quick pace. And I like that if uh, Brandon Fott is pitching well, that the and his stuff is all there and he's on point that the batters have to get in the box and go and they can't mess up his timing to the degree in which you could yeah. back in the day. And I also like the inverse of that, that if Kyle Schwarber's up and Kyle Schwarber's he's got two walks um, and uh, he's been hitting Merrill Kelly well this uh, entire well, his entire career in this postseason that Merrill Kelly there's not much to do. You kind of just have to rock and fire and pitch to Kyle Schwarber and either give him a meatball, yeah. uh, get him out or, or walk him again. And I, I think it provides a little, first off the, the time of the games is just, it's so much better. I, I, I get yeah. what you're saying, but uh, like, I think back to that, uh, that Houston um, Seattle wildcard game a little while ago, there was 18 innings, almost six hours. And, right. and in the moment it's kind of fun, but then it's like, 
2 a.m. and I'm watching baseball and the Astros win one to nothing. And I'm sitting there saying, what the hell did I just do with my night? <laughs> um, yeah. So I like having yeah. my time back. And I do actually think that it's added a narrative fun pressure aspect to the team that is the the uh, the team that has the pressure on it whatever pressure that is if it's the Phillies just having general pressure because they are the better team if it's fought because he's against his back is against the wall or Paul Seawald because he is dominated like however it's dispersed I think it ac- actually amps that up a little bit and makes yeah. it more fun um so I'm really digging it I think this is so good I am glad that they have not made an adjustment or an extended time. And and actually, I, I think that if you're watching these games closely, you'll notice that the umps will even give a little extra time before they start yeah, to fly I, in certain situations, showing feel for the game. I, I think it's been great. I noticed that as well, which I appreciate. And I think I generally agree with you. Like, I, I, I think your point right at the beginning is, is really where I'm feeling in that, like, because the Cardinals are not any of in any of these games, my like my focus and my like um feelings towards the impact of this on any direction are, is pretty muted like i i you know if it screws one team over versus not i i haven't really paid attention to that or noticed it i'd probably right. be way more dialed into that if it was a carnal game so I, I i feel like maybe i won't fully know how i feel about this until the cardinals get a game like this but that said it'll be another full season at best so i'll probably be fully acclimated to the uh you know pitch clock by then so it's probably a moot point but um, at best (laughs) um and i mean to your point like it really stood out to me i i watched pretty much the full game seven last night uh between the the d-backs and the in the phillies and um that Kevin Ginkle inning, uh, you know, where he strikes out the side, um, you know, big time missing that slider by like a foot. Yeah, it was wild. And and is it the is it I mean, the the slider looked great, but there was that pressure on the Phillies lineup there. You know, they're they've only put up two runs barely in the night before. Like they're they're obviously feeling pressure. And you got this guy who's amped up throwing insane like. You know, it. I think it was probably aided by the pitch clock in that case. Yeah. That that feeling of intensity. So, um, I think I tend to agree with you. Um, and so, I, which I'm glad. Like, I want you know, I want these rule changes to be good across the board. I don't want to be right. anti any of them because it it is what it is. It's we're this is the game now. So, um, I'm happy that it's that it's turning out well, and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how the how the World Series plays out. I agree. I think I th- actually we'll, we'll talk about it a little later in the outline, but I actually think we're going to have a shockingly good World Series uh, ahead of us. I, I, I think so. it's going to be pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some Cardinal news. So, um, you know, still not a lot. So we're, we're mostly uh, prognosticating and, and digging deep into what little bits of news we've got here. But uh, there, there's always something. So uh, yeah. what do you want to start with? Yeah, you know, we were being critical of the Cardinals uh, coaching staff and um, its lack of uh, people um, yeah. just kind of being short manned. Right. And uh, it was something that uh, uh, Derek Gould addressed in some of his write ups this week. And I thought I just wanted to pull a couple of things from uh, uh, Derek Gould, who is obviously the one of the best beat writers in sports. Shout out Derek mm-hmm. Gould. 
Um, but uh, he's he brought something up. It, it was basically he was kind of talking about the idea of, yes, the Cardinals have fallen behind. But don't forget that the Cardinals were the first team to employ the quality control coach, which was Mike Schilt um, back mm. in the day. Um, and they were also the first team to deploy the assistant hitting coach, which I had kind of forgotten about. And I thought that was interesting. So the Cardinals maybe set the way, but then fell behind quite quickly after that. Um, and kind of around this conversation, um, it, it was intimated that Bill DeWitt, um, is not even frustrated. I think he's just aware of this. This is some bloat from the payroll side, um, that did not exist in baseball. And I think that that is part of why the Cardinals have been a little hesitant to, uh, extend themselves because, Bill DeWitt, you know, obviously he owns the team. It's his money. He doesn't want to just spend money frivolously. However, we feel about that. And you, Nate and I have made our opinions on that super clear. It's like <laughs> this is pennies for you yeah. and for yeah. a baseball team, especially when you're talking about the kind of numbers that you're talking about. But I, I, I guess I can sort of understand what he was, where he was coming from. Um, and in this uh, article, uh, this writing from Derek Gould, he mentioned that Schilt, uh, around the time that he was fired, you know, we're slowly understanding why Schilt was fired. Um, he mentions that Schilt had expressed frustration uh, with the direction he felt the Cardinals were heading as far as coaching staff and specifically talking about bringing in ex-players. One of the examples he gave was Chris Carpenter being allowed to walk out of the door and work for another organization. Um, and I... I fully aligned with yeah. Schultz on this. Like, why would you yeah. do that? This is one of the best Cardinals in the past 30 years. He wants to work for you. Um, and you allow him to get scooped up by another team because you're not interested in paying him because uh, of the 2020 season and, and just other happenings. I, I find it kind of insane. Yeah. And the, the coaching position is like such a co comparatively low paid position. Like even the, even the best managers in baseball are making a couple million a year, you know, right. and then you go out and you'll drop 11 mil a year on a Brett Cecil, but you won't give, you know, we don't, I don't know if the numbers are out there, but I can't imagine whatever Carpenter wanted as a raise or what he was offered by the other team. It's probably in the six figures, yeah. you know, maybe low seven figures because that's just how coaching goes. So yeah, um, you paid Drew Verhagen, uh, 65 uh 6.5 million over the last two years 5.5 million over yeah. the last two years that's a whole coaching staff right there yeah yeah so yeah i i don't get it well we'll yeah. belabor this until the cardinals address it apparently the uh now that the pennants have been won there is there is a rumor that the uh end of season presser is going to happen my assumption is that that will not happen until we get more news on Yadier Molina. Yeah, um, they, I, they're probably going to tie it to the Yadi announcement, which seems inevitable at this point, right? Like we're, from both sides, we're just hearing more and more that it's, it's going to happen. So yeah, know, which we talked a lot about on last week. If somehow this is your first episode, we are, uh, we thanks are for obviously listening. Yeah, Hi, thanks my name's Ben. My name, Nate, we love, we, we, we are, pro bringing Yachty back, but it cannot be the only thing that the Cardinals do because the, the problems are far deeper than just uh, a Yachty fix. Right. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, and other news in the uh, similar reading through uh, uh, Derek Gould, uh, which again I recommend everyone just pay attention to him rather than us. Uh, but he reported a couple of names that the Cardinals would uh, are interested in. Jordan Hicks being one of them. Apparently, there is a mutual interest in a reunion there, and the Cardinals have also been associated via Derek Gould with Phil Maton, who is a uh, he's been an Astros relief pitcher. For a little while, uh, I don't think either of these names are exciting or surprising, um, but they are stuffy uh, relievers, uh, relievers mm-hmm. with uh, with potential and and, and need stuff an allergy and, pill and, and K rates. Yeah, <laughs> and they're stuffy. Uh, yeah, I guess that was a bad way to say that. Um, they're uh, they're 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 nasty boys. Yeah, that's a better way that, to say it. They are nasty boys. <laughs> they're filthy. <laughs> Ooh, dirty boys. Uh, ooh, start. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to have a couple of real names out there. I don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it tells you besides the names. I mean, it does further reinforce the point of what you're what you're saying just a moment ago. Is they're looking for nasty boys, and uh, <laughs> these are a couple nasty boys, and so. Whether it's going to be these two in particular or, you know, some other nasty boys out on the market, like, I think, yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, whatever. Why not both? I'd love yeah. for Jordan, Jordan Hicks to come back. Yeah, we sh- I think they should try him as a starter and then mm, they yeah. should Let's move just him around back to him a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, Let's uh, sign him as a shortstop and then, you yeah. know, uh, that arm, he's got to have a cannon from short. You know, the Cardinals don't really have a right-handed second baseman. I bet he could play second. I bet he could play second. We have a strong history of making people play second. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. him turning the double play with that arm? It'd be like Knock the one of those. Paul it'd be like a back. cartoon thing where Paul Goldschmidt's like, where's the ball? And he looks down and there's a baseball hole-sized hole right <laughs> through his chest. <laughs> Dead. Uh, yeah. So... Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess those are those are good things. Jordan Hicks always seemed to like St. Louis. Um, yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, cool. Well, anyways, those things are happening. A uh, couple. I just <laughs> wanted to call out that we got a handful of deadlines that are relevant. I, I think that with the Cardinals and the shape that they're in, I think we'll just be like hyper aware of this stuff. So I thought it'd be fun to call them out right now. Yeah. But we have the GM meetings in Scottsdale on November sixth. Um, November 14th, the deadline for protecting rule five eligible players. Very curious about that. Is, mm-hmm. is Moises Gomez going to be protected? Is, uh, there's some other names out there. I think that's probably the biggest yeah. one, but what's yeah. Moises is Moises Gomez going to lead the Cincinnati Reds in the <laughs> NLCS next year by breaking a record that's been set since oh, Reggie Jackson. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, hopefully not. Um, and then Nov 17 is the non-tender deadline, which I think uh, will be a sad day for Andrew Kisner and Jake Woodford fans. We we shall see though. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I, anyway. I know we're both highly aligned on the on the uh, Kisner uh, choice, but I will still be pretty surprised if it happens. Um, but I I it it seems obvious, but it has seemed obvious for a while now what they should do. (laughs) So uh, we'll see. Um, I don't know if you saw this. uh, Yeah, go go get Roberto. Go get anybody. 
Sorry. What were you going to say? <laughs> Yvonne. Yvonne is, we've got him. We, you That's know, great you, too. Yeah. Um, total change of topic. I don't know if you saw this late breaking news. This happened right before we started uh, recording. I didn't even throw it on the outline. Buddy Kennedy off of waivers from the Oakland athletics. All right. Buddy Kennedy. I do not know who that is at the time of the claim the cardinals now have 41 people on their 40 man roster so somebody is being uh let go soon to make room for buddy kennedy all right looking really quickly yeah buddy kennedy is a second baseman and third baseman um he is 25 years old uh, and he's been with the Diamondbacks for a while. He has got a cup of co- a couple of cups of coffee. Um, and hey, he's from Millville, uh, New Jersey, the same city as Mike Trout. So maybe wow. we got a little baby Mike Trout in the wings here. Yeah. So he 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 played in the majors with the Diamondbacks for ten games this year, um, but he apparently at some point was. Um, picked up by the athletics and then the Cardinals have now claimed him from them. Um, yeah. So some, uh, his fan graphs, future value, um, you know, on a 2080 scale, they give him a 50 power and a 50 speed. Um, you know, he seems pretty middling, but those are pretty good grades for, uh, for a hey, waiver claim guy. Ronald Acuna jr. That plays second base. <laughs> that's what I see. Let's that's go. That's what I see too. Yeah. So infield depth piece. I don't know. You know, we'll see. Um, but, uh, uh, before we break out of our Cardinal news, there was a, there's been a name going around that I wanted to get your, your take on, um, as far as the pitching staff goes, which is just going to be, you know, half our conversation this entire off season as the Cardinals seek to yep. address it. Um, there's been some reporting from Tampa Bay Rays beat writers. Again, this is all just projecting projection. There's no official word on any of this, uh, but this is what the off season is like, especially for the Cardinals. Uh, Tyler Glasnow yep. is, uh, considered a likely trade candidate. Um, he's owed $25 million in 2024, and he plays for the Tampa Bay Rays, and because $25 million constitutes roughly 80% of their working budget, it's assumed that they're going to try to trade him, flip him, and keep you know keep their low budget. And he's really good. And so that's what the Rays typically do is when someone gets too expensive, they ship them off and replenish, and they're very good at that. So uh, Tyler Glasnow, he is uh, – I'm a huge fan of Tyler Glasnow. If you remember, uh, that they got him in a fleece job that they pulled off with the uh, Pirates. He was a big part of the Pirates uh, when they got Austin Meadows and uh, Tyler Glasnow. Now, he's often injured. He only pitched in 120 innings in 2023, but they were pretty incredible 2023 innings. Uh, he is maybe the best strikeout guy behind Spencer Strider uh, as a starter that is in the majors, let alone is potentially available. So when you look at a starter who, if, you, if you're looking for swing and miss, and you know Tyler Glasnow is available, you really can't do much better than him. Um, now, it of course comes with that relatively high price, and uh, he hasn't really pitched in a, a full season for... Quite a while, if ever. Um, I need yeah. to pull up his numbers to 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 give a full answer on that. But um, you know, he's kind of the the uh, uh, 
Glasnow, more like glass cannon. Am I right? Um, that was then what, good. What, what do you <laughs> what do you think about uh, Tyler Glasnow and if the Cardinals should pursue him? Yeah, well, should they? Maybe. What What's the trade cost? Because you you would think somebody who like 2023, 120 innings, that's the most innings he's ever thrown in his career. Um, he's always hurt. He threw, yeah, he, he was injured the year before, um, 88 innings the year prior to that. Um, and he had, he pitched almost every start in 2020. Um, he's really good, but he's always broken. Um, my guess is that he probably wouldn't cost that much in trade because of the money and because of the brokenness. Um, so should the Cardinals entertain that idea? I I think it'd be a great idea. I also think, you know, we're kind of talking about this, like if the Cardinals want to do any serious damage in a wild card or or playoff round, we've kind of seen the blueprint. You kind of need a one and two. Now, if that one and two is Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, great. If that one and two is Merrill Kelly and Zach Gallen, that's great. You, but you need to find a new level of starting pitching that the Cardinals do (laughs) not have. So I'm fine with that. And if it's a thing where he starts five games and then he's injured and then he's here in September to help the Cardinals, it's still probably a smart move. I don't think the money is something the Cardinals should concern themselves with all the money they have coming off the books. Um, And he would just cost the, the, the question really comes down to, is it like a Brendan Donovan that we're sending over? Right. Or is it a couple of younger guys that are, are kind of lottery tickets that the Rays will turn into superstars here in, in three or four years, something like that. But uh, yeah. I absolutely think they should entertain it. He's got maybe my favorite slider fastball combination in baseball. He's a very yeah. handsome man. He's dreamy. Important. Um, yeah. I mean, we're watching this guy 30, potentially 30 times a season. We want, want to look at something good. Keep, um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I'd, I, I, I'd like to watch him shove the uh, shove on the pirates uh, once or twice or, or three times a year. That would be fun just uh, for the for the narrative and the in the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think like if let's say that there's a trade package out there that gets you Brian Wu. Um, but in order to get him, you would. Or, or like you could get Tyler Glass now for like half of that, but it stops you from being able to get Brian Wu. I probably still lean on going and getting like the Seattle guy, you know, the yeah. younger starter who's going to be around for a while. Um, but I don't know. There's something appealing. Like if the Cardinals truly want to compete in 2024, like yeah. they say they do, they're, they're going to have to take some shots because all these young guys that everyone wants them to trade from the Cardinals or from the Mariners or even from the, the Marlins, like, there's some expected growth and development in there. Like Brian Wu, we all yeah. are a big fan of, but it's not like he had an incredible 2023 season. You're, you're, you're projecting him, right? You're assuming he's going to be good down the line, but we don't know that he will actually be like a high level starter in 2024. Um, Glasnow, if he's healthy, which is a huge, if he's one of the best pitchers in baseball. And so if you can get him at a reasonable prospect cost, I think it's the exact right move for the Cardinals. It shows, yeah, that they really want to compete in 2024 it he immediately slots in as your number one and if you yeah. go in also pay for um you know what a sunny like sunny gray 
now looks like an incredible signing if he's coming in after Tyler Glass. Sure. Now. You know what I mean? So yep. it, it's just it, he's such he's so good that it feels like the right move. Now, if he's available, you could see some teams that are a little bit closer to the, uh, you know, to the World Series really going out there and overpaying for him. A Dodgers, a Yankees, you know, a team like that, that, you know, they're like one missing piece away. So if you find yourself in a prospect bidding war and it completely undercuts your ability to go and do anything else, I get it. Um, but it just makes a lot of sense to me. And I'm I'm probably biased yeah. here because I really like Tyler Glass now. But yeah, I mean, I think he's good, but I, I think like there's just no way his trade value can be that high. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's really like, are the Cardinals willing to take the risk on right. a twenty five million dollar, as you said, glass cannon? More like mm-hmm. they should glass, trade for glass him now. glass now. Um, nice. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. We'll see. That's uh, I think it's, tomorrow. We, <laughs> yeah, not glass next month. <laughs> glass now. Glass now. Um, I am shocked that he has a twenty-five million dollars salary next year. Uh, but good for good for Tyler. Good for Ty Ty. Um, yeah, yeah, they should do it. I'm I'm sold. We don't have enough Tyler's like, on the team either. He's a guy that's probably moderately easy, easily acquirable, and has the talent to win a Cy Young. Maybe not the health, but the talent. Um. And like I said, the car, the Cardinals pitching ceiling is so low right now. It, it would be really <laughs> yeah. fun. It fundamentally changes the staff if he's there. You know? It does. So. It does. All right. Well, we're going to uh, talk about the 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 rest of the, how the CS series went, which we were both horribly wrong about, of course, and uh, the World Series and a, and a few other things. But before we get to that, we want to remind everybody that this show is listeners supported on patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds if you enjoy this show have are new or have been listening for quite a while and you want to show your support for us um the time that we put into making this i have to talk to ben every week okay just think about that if you want to show your support uh consider joining the patreon there's tiers of many many levels super super cheap uh and onwards all the way up to the build a wit level bill we hope you're listening we just need or, one. Hey, two bucks. That's what I'm saying. So uh, patreon.com slash talking about birds. Patrons of any level get access to the bird score. It's our private discord server. Uh, we're having a great time in there chatting about the the league and, and the playoffs and everything. It's a great place to be. Um, there's various perks at higher levels. And we're talking. We, we got some plans right now for some different, uh, you know, little little teaser. We're talking oh. about some different shirts and things like that that wow. might become a part of the Patreon. Patreon, so keep an eye out for that. Nate hasn't even told me about this yet. Mm, wow! So <laughs> uh, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of things we're talking about, and uh, so get in now. And um, thank you to everyone who has supported the show so far. Uh, and if you want to support it in a different way, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps in a lot of different ways. Uh, and also tell your friends and your family and your pets. And your pets, pets, uh, Ben, pets, where can pets. people find us online? Your pets have pets. I know it. Uh, okay. where can people find us online? Otherwise follow us on Twitter at talk about birds. We are on Instagram at talking about birds. Uh, you can email us thoughts, questions, concerns, threats to talk about birds at gmail.com. 
Uh, you can listen to this show on Spotify and review us there if you prefer Spotify. We got a TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. You can see our faces on TikTok. Um, and you can find all of that information at talkingaboutbirds.com. Dot com. All right. So last week, um, you know, we were recording on a Wednesday. Both the series were two nothing uh, Phillies and Rangers. And we were like, well, this sure looks like uh, this is going to be over in the next couple days. Yeah. Uh, and, and it certainly felt that way. I mean, especially in the Phillies Diamondback series, like we knew the Astros, it, you know, you, you can't ever count them out. It felt like it, it wasn't crazy to predict that they were going to put up a fight. Um, but, uh, both series went to seven games and, yeah. uh, really turned into quite the good series. Uh, it was a really fun CS on both sides. Um, yeah, I'm just glad the really playoffs, watch a lot of it. Yeah. I'm glad the playoffs stopped being bad and, uh, yeah. decided to get good basically in between our two episodes. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. And I watched pretty much everything. Uh, really, really enjoyed how the Astros Rangers series went. It looked like two solid teams going after each other. Um, and Dusty Baker kind of shat the bed a little bit. I was very surprised. I, I, I disagreed with how he was rolling out pretty much his entire pitching staff in game seven. Um, I'm not the first one to criticize him on his Martin Maldonado use. Um, and the, I don't know the, um, for the first time in a long time, the Astros looked flat towards the back end of a playoff series. It was almost as if they just thought it was going to work out or something. But, uh, you know, yeah. Kyle Tucker really not performing at all during the playoffs was a huge part of that. Uh, no amount of Jordan Alvarez going insane can make up for a couple of holes, um, e- even with uh, little man Jose Altuve going off. Um, yeah. But I, I really think it comes down to... Um, I think these teams are actually fairly evenly matched. I think there was a Bruce Bochy uh, uh, out managing Dusty Baker factor in this series. It's just like really around just pitching deployment. Um, I thought Dusty Baker was impressive in the way in which he handled Max Scherzer, who unfortunately um, never really clicked in, even though his stuff looked fine. He just didn't Mm -hmm. totally have it. But pulling Scherzer, you know, the Hall of Famer, the Bulldog, the you know he's got this reputation. He pulls him after two, I, th- I think it was two and a third, and brings in Jordan Montgomery to lock it down. And I, I wonder how many managers make that move. Or um, yeah, I'm not saying that managers are like literally afraid of Max Scherzer, but you know, like he's it, our guy. He's been here he's before. A good old boy. So yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got two different colored eyes. You try looking <laughs> him in the eye. And- yeah, it's, it's literally difficult. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we like already talked about Adolis, but like him kind of putting the the team on his back. And uh, yeah. I, I think the uh, I, I think if the Astros could do it again, they would really um, I don't know. They would make sure that Brian Abreu didn't hit Adolis Garcia in the arm <laughs> and like wake up the beast uh, who yeah. just went super Saiyan after taking yeah. that 99 mile an hour fastball to the bicep. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's kind of multiple layers to unpack in the Brian Abreu thing. But, um, you know, before we get to that, I, you know, the, um, dusty Baker, like I love dusty Baker as a person and just totally like, what a, what a, what a crazy career in baseball. 
Um, but it did feel like a little return to form for Dusty Baker as far yeah. as, uh, you know, pitching management and in-game management. Um, you know, he he's obviously had a ton of success, but, um, you know, longtime Cardinal fans re- certain a ton of, certainly have a ton of memory of watching oh, Dusty yeah. Baker um, poorly manage pitching staffs over and over and over and over. And so uh, it definitely was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's right. He he is a little, um, yeah. Th- this all feels a little familiar right now. And like, why is JP Sears pitching in a game seven, like at all? At all? Like, why yeah. why why is this happening? Um, why is Mauricio Dubon playing? Um, yeah. Why is Yainer Diaz, who might be the best young hitting catcher in baseball, sitting on the bench? Um, while you're yeah. while your team is on the line, why is John Singleton? Do you remember John Singleton? Why yeah. is John Singleton getting meaningful at bats in the most important games of the 2023 season? Uh, yeah, some interesting moves. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, you mentioned Jordan Montgomery. Like, I think obviously if Adolis didn't have his like just David Freeze like level of elevation. Um, you know, he's, he's in discussion for an LCS or ALCS MVP. Um, that was incredible. And, and I was thinking about this last night as I watched, uh, Zach Wheeler, you know, pitch the last couple innings of the game seven. And just one of the, one of my favorite things about deep playoff baseball is just that like every man on deck, like, you know, oh, yeah. some of the best starting pitchers in baseball are coming in and like the seventh inning, the fourth inning, Remember Madison Bumgarner a few years ago? Oh yeah, or not, not even a few like ten years ago. Like you know, just that that like every every everybody's up. You know, I, I just I it's it's so it's so fun and it's such an interesting dynamic that you never see in regular right. season baseball. Um, the stars yeah. are out tonight, Benny boy. Uh, it's a <laughs> the real red so card. Wednesday. There's thing. nobody's playing today. There's no one. There's no baseball <laughs> happening today. Not. I, and I'm we're saying, recording you know, during the day. Metaphorically, in the in in the game, the stars are out tonight. Oh, you know I mean? okay. everyone's wearing tuxedos. Yeah, it's um, good. You know what? The the people know what I'm saying. Shut you the might hell up. <laughs> uh, the Brian Abreu thing. Um, yeah. I think he did it on purpose. Uh, so I do well. I think I do, but I think that the uh, MLB fucked this up so hard. Like they did, they they suspend him for two games. Okay, cool. And then everyone you know flips a shit, and he gets his appeal, which is you know which is his right. And then they land on the most like milk toast, disappointing uh, punishment of like, okay, we're gonna keep it but it now goes to the regular season. And it's like, yeah. well, then why even do it at all? Two right. games for a re- reliever in 2024 when it happened in the playoffs of 2023 is a meaningless punishment. So yeah. if you're going to like either just say, never mind, he's like, never mind, he's not suspended, or make it have some teeth to it. Because yeah. all this is done now is reinforced like, yeah, okay, go ahead and hit whoever you want right. in the postseason. You might miss some games in the regular season next year. And I think, right, and, and uh, especially with guys throwing as hard as they can, that's like a license yeah. to kill, essentially. I think just because we were just talking about how, like, uh, 
uh, happy-go-lucky or whatever the word you want to say for Adolis is. You know, he's he's always smiling. He's always having a good time. He celebrates when he does something good. Um, a lot of players do that now. I think it's great. He obviously celebrated quite a bit, and then he gets hit. Um, and the fact that what I thought was telling was the fact that he got hit, and he immediately looks at Martin Maldonado and is asking him, do you call for that? Do you call for that? What, you know, you you hit, what, that was you. And you see, you know, I'm, it's a lot of speculation, but I, we watch a lot of baseball. I'm, I'm trying to fill in the lines here. Like, Martin Maldonado's body language and the way that that went down, I, I it was on purpose. They, they, yeah. I'm not saying it was a good baseball move. I'm not saying that Dusty Baker called for it, um, but it, it happened. And I think the Astros competitive arrogance is what led to it more than anything. The fact that they, I think kind of just think, yeah, we'll be in the world series. We're the Astros. We're always in the world series. Yeah. I think that they have that in their head Um, because it's been true for a while. Seven ALCS in a row. Like it's, it's insane. It's, it's so absurd run of success. And and again, it really comes down to Adolis's reaction. Um, Players get hit all the time. We saw Mitch Garver. He took a, 97 or eight mile an hour fastball off the ribs. And now he may have not been able to breathe, um, to get mad, but you, you know, he, he took his lump, walked down to first and, uh, I don't know. I think the players tell you a lot in that situation of what, what the hell's going on there. Yeah. So, um, interesting situation, but as per usual, I think the MLB ended up making like the worst of both yeah. worlds decisions um, with how they handled the suspension. I, so. I don't want anyone to be hit, but I think in this situation, and this is kind of what did end up happening. You, you know, you have a oldest Chapman come out, you have him throw the hardest fastball he's thrown in like five years and he hit Chas McCormick in the butt. Um, and, yeah. and then, you know, it's over. We're done. You know, oh, yeah. It helps I, that the Astros are now out. Um, right. But you almost have to go old West in this situation. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think it's the response is fine. I think the whole macho, I'm going to, I hit you, you hit me, blah, blah, blah. Like I kind of think all that stuff is, is stupid and bullshit. Um, and I wish that the MLB would actually have real rules about it. If they're going to say you did it on purpose, like he should have to well, miss postseason games. But, right, like, but th- I'm saying in, in the cl- climate that we exist in, I understand right. wanting to, y- you know, your your guy who is gone, who's winning the MVP of the CS gets hit high and inside. I get where the players are coming yeah. from because there is no proper uh, right. system in place. Totally, totally. Like you, as it stands, you're expected to respond. You know, right? Um, so, but yeah. I, anyway, I think if we could remove player, because I, it's really when they get hit in like the hands and the wrists and stuff like that. The head, obviously. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, well, that. they I don't say want like you know, bones broken. Most intention. Most of the times when they hit someone intentionally, they're able to, you know, get them in the meat, but not always. You know, right. so it's like just one time you hit someone intentional and you like seriously hurt someone like fuck that. That's so stupid. Like nobody wants that, you know, no, because you're bad. like sad that they, you know, smiled at the camera after they hit a home run, like grow up little baby. Yeah. So, I yeah. mean, I, I love like, I think the response on yeah, pitch better. Make me not yeah, do that. I, and I want people fucking backflipping down to first base. So oh, any yeah. of this, like, you know, the stuff that like play the game the right way, like, 
yeah, yeah. pitch better. How about a, how about a how about Adolis uh, pimping a single though? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> I think it was yeah. the same game or the next game. <laughs> like he well, just stood the, there. Yeah. That, well, and there's the risk reward of it. That's why I also because you look like that not not in this situation, but when you like pimp it hard and it turns out to not be something <laughs> really great, then you look like a mm. fool, and that's yeah. also great. You know, like pretty funny. The yeah. amount of the amount of times we see someone you know think they jacked one, and then it's a fly ball at the warning track, or it's or it's a. Uh, down and it could have been a double but it's a single or, or whatever where yeah. it costs them and they look stupid like i'm here yeah. for that too that's a fun balance to it you know people trying to look flashy as hell and fucking it yeah. up. <laughs> and then that's Adolis, what i want more of all of that adolis being a freak he just ends up stealing second like one pitch later and it's like okay i made up for that but anyways yeah, yeah very very yeah. fun yeah all right um so the world series World yeah. Series, Diamondbacks, just like we all all thought. Um, I, I have to tell a stupid a stupid aside, but you need to know what's going on in my head. Um, so I don't. Molly has this stupid little game where she comes up whenever we whenever we play another team. She always is like, "Who are we playing?" And she has like stupid, dumb insult names for the teams that we're playing. So, for example, I'd say we're playing the Phillies, and she'd say, "Oh, you mean the Sillies?" Stupid little things like that. Wow. But the Roasted. single the single the single best one is for the Diamondbacks, which is she calls them the butts and cracks. And <laughs> and just a hundred percent of the time that I hear the name the Diamondbacks, I now think the butts and cracks. Sure. And so to me, this year, the World Series is against the Rangers, which I don't think she has one for, and the butts and cracks. So yeah. May I pass well, that on to you and thanks. all of our listeners? They are the Arizona butts and cracks. Um, so happy and- <laughs> to be a part of your weird brain mind meld that you have as a couple. We spend Thank too you much time in there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. Um, but uh, Diamondbacks pulling a pulling a card from the from the Cardinals playbook. You know, being one of Bobby the worst Wee-Wow. teams, if not, if not the worst team in the playoffs. But they've yeah. got enough. They've got just enough star power, and in a small. Uh, series you never know what happens corbin carroll is a star uh gallon didn't really have a huge impact on this cs but he's still you know he in for most of the year looked like he was going to win the say young they've got one it's a it's a it's not unlike a, a cardinal roster where it's like there's not a lot of stars but almost no one on the team is bad either so right. they're rarely making mistakes everyone's putting it in there all the time their their bullpen is completely turned around from what it was beginning of the year and they're just they're a good team they're they're clearly don't have the highs that some of these other teams have but like this is what the playoffs do you know the team that no one in there is bad and it's just who can be consistent and the diamondbacks have been consistent this entire uh playoffs yeah. uh Cattell Marte said is just had a new uh NL record and if he gets a hit in game one of the next of the world series he extends a record or, or he ties Derek Jeter for uh, consecutive playoff games with a hit. So they're just kind of all showing up. Everybody's playing well, um, few mistakes, and they did it. And they're now in the World Series, uh, which is fun. I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of best case scenario for us as Cardinal fans because. Oh, absolutely. They didn't really want any of these other teams to do well. So anytime the like the true underdog gets through, you're like, all right, easy team to root for. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, and, before we move back to the Rangers, what are you feeling about for the for the Diamondbacks? 
Well, yeah, like I said, I think this is going to be a much better series than it looks like on, uh, as far as like records and everything like that, because I think that what what you were just talking about, um, the Diamondbacks pitching, I, I think I think that group is massively underrated, um, yeah. especially with Brandon Fott kind of finding himself uh, in this playoff run. Like the dude looks nasty he looks like one of the best prospects in baseball yeah. and he looks like he's pitching at the top of his game at obviously the most important part of the season um so i think with gallon kelly and fought kind of manning that rotation um i think they're in really really good shape and i think that like a lot of these guys aren't household names we talked about ginkle earlier ginkle's kind of on fire right now he had a really solid season paul seawald um that guy he struck out the Phillies pumping fastballs down the middle. That is the kind of high yeah. spin, weird arm angle that he has. And don't forget, he has one of the better sliders in baseball. Um, Joe Mantiply um, is still really, really good. Um, and, and I'm forgetting uh, uh, what's their, their kind of righty um, that they got from um, uh, Ryan Thompson. Their righty that they got from the right. Rays and kind of fixed him. Uh they, I, I believe that the Diamondbacks have a better bullpen, and I think their starting pitching is pretty close, if not equal, to the um, to what the Rangers are bringing out. Like I said, with the emergence of Fott and Scherzer not really being what we were hoping Scherzer was going to be, uh, I, I think uh, the the names that I'll be watching. Uh, I think we saw Cal- Corbin Carroll kind of break out in Game Seven. He had two stolen bases. Yeah couple of hits he looked like he was he went three uh, he looked like he got comfortable all of a sudden yeah Yeah. three hits looked like he got comfortable all of a sudden i'll be very curious to see what christian walker does in this series he's kind of been dormant the entire uh playoffs i'm looking for him to break out for the uh the diamondbacks and like i said i I think they're going to put up a really good fight yeah yeah i think so too it should be a good series the rangers you know we were saying team of destiny and then that that team of destiny started to hit a little Bumpy road there against the Astros, but they came out on the other side. I think it's fair to say pretty easily that the uh, the Rangers lineup is is better than the the Diamondbacks, at least the high end of it. Between we talked a lot about Adalis, but like Corey Seager is just he's an incredible season, best season of his career. If it and if he hadn't been hurt for a third of it, you know he would be in the uh, the MVP conversation as well. Um, he may, I'm, I think he'll get votes even, yeah. even with his, um, you know, lack of a full season, but, um, Marcus Simeon hasn't really shown up yet in the playoffs either, but that, he's been great. Um, Nate he's, Lau he's, is, is great. Marcus Simeon is the big question mark for me for the Rangers. Yeah. Is he going to, obviously he's, he's going to hit at the top of the lineup. He's very, very good. Is he going to come to play? Is he going to show up? Is he going yeah. to pop a couple of home runs? Is he going to take his walks and be productive? Um, Cause he just hasn't. Yeah. So we'll see. It, I'm looking forward to it. It's, it, I think it's one of those world series that we haven't had for a while because of the, uh, like the Astros and the Dodgers where um, you're kind of happy with either team winning it. You know, yeah. the I, at least for me, like I like the Rangers, um, and the Diamondbacks, they're the, they're the fun story and they haven't been in a world series for two decades. So like, you're kind of happy for either organization. Um, if I were a betting man, I'm still picking the Rangers, but I think it, it is closer than you would think, especially yeah. going into the postseason. If you had said, uh, Rangers versus Diamondbacks, you'd be like, oh man, you know, Diamond <laughs> Rangers in three, 
right? So and and uh, that that we'll Rangers see. uh that Rangers bullpen that it's it's kind of scary right now. I I wouldn't be yeah. feeling great about that. Like Ch- Chapman hasn't been great. Leclerc hasn't been great. Will Smith hasn't been great. Um, and that really yeah. really cuts you in half there. Um, that being said, like I, I expect uh, Ivaldi and Montgomery to be great. Um, yeah. And like I said, what's what's Max Scherzer going to bring? Yeah, I'm going to say I would like the Rangers to win because uh, I want Montgomery to win. I want Adolis. I like I like the methodology and how they built the team and how they got here. I also like that Texas has never won. Um, the yeah. spoiled ass D-backs fan, they've already won and they've only been around for like five <laughs> minutes. So, yeah, I'd like to see the Rangers. Um, but again, I, yeah, I won't be mad either way. Yeah, one one minor, not even minor, one caveat on the Rangers. Uh, oh, Roldis Chapman, Ugh, yeah, that guy. So that makes it a little worse. But everybody else, he's yeah. already got one. So yeah. whatever. Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. Um, so we'll see. It, uh, you know, it could be over by the time we record next week. Um, it starts on Friday, so you know it could be, but I don't think it will be. Um. So we'll continue our, uh, to check in on it next week. Uh, so why don't we uh, wrap this up with some some other news from around the league? What have you got for us? Yeah, we got some uh, so, some moving of, or potential moving of important people in baseball. The Giants have signed Bob Melvin, um, mm. which if, if you remember, he was under contract with the Padres. The yeah. Padres said, mm, no, thank you. you. Have him. Uh, so Bob Melvin and Farhan Zaidi. Uh, Bob, obviously a new addition, Farhan, an extension. They will both be with the team until 2026. Obviously, this means that the Padres are starting their managerial search. People are talking about Schilt. Schilt's in the running. Yep. Um, he is. Be very curious to see what happens there. It's doesn't seem like a good job. <laughs> Working for Preller doesn't seem good. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of personalities in that clubhouse. There's a lot of high paid individuals like I, I'm, that doesn't seem yeah. like a good job, which would make me think like maybe this is Schilt. How is how Schilt gets back into the game is taking a less than desirable yeah. job and trying to make the best of it. You would think it would be desirable, though, just joining a team that is, has such talent, you know, like it, but it has, it has not lived a, up to it. No, but it has an L manager of the year written all over it. You know it what does. I mean? Like that, like whoever does it, it, it's going to come with some accolades. Yeah, um, I, I'm mostly bummed that uh we didn't get to see the rare trade for a manager. The yeah. <laughs> the the Padres rejected any sort of uh, compensation for Melvin. Um, it doesn't really happen in baseball anymore, yeah. but it, it used to. You could you could trade for him, and uh, they they essentially did that. But the the Padres didn't ask for anything in yeah. return. You, I wish they would have done something. You think if uh, if anybody could pull it off, it'd be Preller. Yeah, like get a pot prospect. All right, we'll yeah. give you Melvin, but uh, give us like a yeah. high A prospect just to like <laughs> just for the novelty of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's for the yeah. MLB trade rumors article. It'd be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, in other manager news, the Mets have begun to interview Craig Council for uh, for their mm. vacancy. We all saw this from a mile away. Not surprising. Um, I, I'm going to basically, I bet he gets the job. I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if this is announced right after the world series or sometime close to it. Well, even making it like public. I mean, I, I, I assume it usually is or has to be maybe to some degree, but like, you know, he's super popular with the Brewers. Yeah. <laughs> so like to be like, Hey, I'm going out to interview at this other team, a rival essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't know. 
I, I know it happens more often than than you'd think, but just feels weird. Yeah. Um, the Red Sox have finally found their uh, their baseball boy. Um, hey. Craig Breslow, who was formerly the assistant GM and vice president uh, for the Chicago Cubs, is now the chief baseball officer, CBO, Nate, which is another mm. one of these. I, I think Pobo is better than CBO. Yeah. Um, but it's ostensibly the, the same. You know what I want. A po' boy. That's good. <laughs> Sandwich. <laughs> Crushed it. Yep. Thank yep. you. Moving on. <laughs> uh, or I a bogo. Okay. I love a bogo, actually. Love a bogo. Especially if the bogo is around food. Dude, if I can get a po' boy bogo, oh. I'm living. I'm, living. Oh. <laughs> I'm bringing a friend. Oh. Turn off the show. <laughs> Let's go eat. Um. I think this is a good signing. Uh, Craig Breslow is yeah, smart sure. and he's no yeah. longer a cub. So that's good. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and I think we already talked about this, but Dusty Bake- Baker likely to retire following the ALCS loss. Apparently he has said this on background to multiple people, but has yeah. not reported it uh, widely yet. So um, yeah, Dusty, I mean, you're the man. Good run. Yeah. You know, we smoked weed with Jimi Hendrix once, Nate. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, obviously Dusty Baker's the man. We read that quote from him last week. Just yeah. in, insanity. Lunatic. Uh, what a, what a baseball story and career. Um, totally. But also probably it's good. I think it's good. I think he needs to retire. Yeah, it's, it's time. He's it's in his mid seventies. <laughs> yeah. Go, go relax. Yeah. Go. You. Yeah. Go relax. Yeah. And he'll give a like all time hall of fame speech yeah. in, in a few years. Yeah. Um, okay. And a less great news, um, the news that I'm pretty bummed about, uh, Robinson Cano, Pablo Sandoval and other former, former MLB stars, uh, including, I think, uh, Bartolo Colon is on the list. There's, there's some other names, um, join the budding new baseball league, baseball United baseball United is the first ever professional baseball league in the middle East and South Asia. This is being, uh, I think that it's kind of headquartered in Dubai um, and UAE, and they have eight teams right now. And they, uh, I know another uh, first draft pick was the, uh, I can't think of the guy's name right now, but the first Indian draft pick that uh, there was that movie starring Jason Stark um, a handful of years ago and, and John Hamm. Uh, so anyways, UAE, uh, is building a baseball team. The reason I express concern over this, um, I was going to say, yeah, what's, uh, what's the problem is if you paid attention to the PGA live, uh, drama mm. that has happened over the past handful of years. Um, and I have personal issues with the way that UAE, uh, treats humans, um, yes. in, in various cases, I am I am concerned I am concerned for the human aspect of it. I am also concerned that similar to UAE that or, or sorry similar to Live Golf that this league will throw gobs and gobs of money at morally flexible players and it will cause a lot of drama and nasty stories and young players being plucked out of minor leagues to make money, which I understand it's their right. Yeah. They can make those decisions themselves, but it, it, you know, we'll see. 
if, if this becomes live golf or not. But, uh, I think that live golf was really bad for golf as a sport. Um, and, and I guess, uh, you know, again, that's just my personal opinion on how that all went down. Um, but obviously some of golf's like best players decided to take that money and take care of their families and do all that. And of course that's the right, but, uh, it seems very close, um, to what's happening here with baseball United, especially with these former big leaguers kind of co-signing it. Um, I don't know. It'll be something yeah. to watch. And I don't think it's necessarily, uh, the worst thing that's ever happened, but my first instinct is that this is not good. Yeah. Um, well said. I don't have, I'm not as educated into all of the live golf stuff as you are. So it's harder for me to comment on though. I agree hundred percent on the humans, right? Human rights issues and just a lot that the UAE, um, support. So, um, I'd been thinking, uh, great, you know, expand baseball, more baseball everywhere in the world. You know, that's good. But, um, but obviously, like you said, there's some underlying concerns here. So let's go ahead and move into our last stage here. We're going to play a little game. Uh, one of my favorites, um, you know, I think, uh, between the two of us, one of our shared lifelong interests has been music. And, uh, this gives us a little chance to, uh, to dig in on that on a little game that I call who's walking here. <laughs> so the way this game works, the Cardinals are kind enough to have a little page on their website deep in that uh, keeps track of what players walk up songs are. Don't you guys see you pulling up a browser? Don't you pull it up? Look at my hands, bro. Yeah, I want to keep I want your hands on the screen this whole time. Um, and so I pull from there and they actually they do an OK job at updating it. Wow. Um, and so uh, they they had updated it relatively recently um, before the end of the season. And so. Uh, what I do is I play a small clip of the walk-up song. I don't know what the player actually, like what portion of the, the player actually uses. I just try to find like what I would use from the song if it was my song for a walk-up song. And uh, I play it for Ben and he has to guess what player uses this as a walk-up song. Wow. Um, last time we also integrated, Ben could guess who the player or who, who the musician was. I'm going to tell you the ones that I, there's a few in here that you can maybe get. And there's a few that's like, I, I don't know. I've like never heard of them. So okay, great. I'll tell you if I think you might be able to guess it. Um, I make a multiple choice for Ben. So uh, make it a little bit easier for you. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. So this first song is called calm. Oh, wait, it's called calm down. Okay, here we go. <laughs> no, 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 whoa, 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 yeah, it's by someone called Rima. Okay. Okay. So, sounds and, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a fun little track. Uh, so here's who you get to guess from. Was that the walk-up music for? Uh, Wilson Contreras, Tyler O'Neill, Brendan Donovan, or Jack Flaherty? I, oh, 
has. <laughs> I would be very surprised since the song is sounds very Latin that it wouldn't be a Latin player, but I guess it could be anyone. Um, whew. I, was, I, I feel like I have to say Wilson Contreras. Yeah, it is correct. It is Wilson Contreras. Okay. So okay. I, I sometimes I mix around. I try not to like overthink that too much, yeah. you know, but, um, but yes, that one well, is Wilson Contreras. And you never know because bad Bunny's yeah. like the biggest artist in the world. And he, yeah. uh, raps almost exclusively in Spanish. So you never, you never know. Right. Yep. All right. Moving on. I've got five total here. So you got the first one. This song is called Stay. You know, I like all kinds of music, but this <laughs> makes me mad. <laughs> I gotta uh, like it. Is that is that Marin Morris? Um, no. Damn it! It is by Zed and Alicia Cara or Cara. Okay. You know, Zed's got a song with Marin Morris. Maybe that's okay. I'm confused. Gotcha. Okay, I kind of know that, but man, I, yeah. I don't like Zed. I know a lot of people do. Yeah, he sells out Red Rocks every year. I don't care. But anyways. All right. Was that Alec Burleson, Tommy Edmond, Dakota Hudson, or Matt Libertor? I don't know why, but it really makes me think it's Tommy Edmond. Two for two, my dude. Yeah. Right out of the gates. <laughs> Tommy's All right. basic. All right. So this one you might know. I kind of knew that one. Oh, I do know. Yeah, I love this song. This song. Migos Versace. Versace, 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 Versace. Oh, this song's so stupid. Oh, I like this song. This is old Migos before they were even a thing. Yeah. So this is an older person. Versace, Versace. Song's so stupid. All right. That's a good song. That's that's real Migos right there. Yeah, sure. Shout out Takeoff. Is that uh, Jack Flaherty, Jordan Walker, Lars Newtbar, um, or Alec Burleson? Oh, I definitely thought it would be somebody over the age of 30. Um, okay, so we had Jack Flaherty. Sorry, Jack Flaherty, Lars Newtbar, Jordan Walker, Alec Burleson. I want to say Jay Flair just because the culture. You know, he's for the culture, yeah, just like Migos. Yeah, and of all so. those guys, I bet he actually wears a lot of Versace. Um, so yeah, I'll go, I'll go Jay Flair. Uh, he's definitely the only one of them that could really afford it. But um, <laughs> no, it's actually it's Jordan Walker. Really? Jordan yeah, I can't believe he. Oh. He was like 11 when that song came out. I, I guess he's from Georgia. I bet Migos yeah. are like really important to him. Um, all right. Damn. Good for you, Jordan. We'll talk all about right. Migos if we if we ever get you on the pod. <laughs> Here we go. You're going to love this Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Pipe it up. Really? (laughs) 
unsurprisingly not my shit. <laughs> well, I remember a Ben Samorka who was really into hair metal. Now, of course, you were like 10 years old. I was going to say was, in middle that, school, the appropriate yeah, that was age. Your, yeah. That was your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you know who that is? Uh, no, I know the song, but I, I couldn't name the artist. Yeah. It's Rock of Ages by Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Yeah. I was All more right. of a Motley Crue guy back yeah, when I was 10. Of course. Of course uh tommy lee or whatever um all right M was that miles michaelis matt libertor dakota <laughs> hudson or drew verhagen it really makes me think it was miles michaelis just because he's such a goofball uh i'm gonna say miles i threw him on there because i thought that would be the most obvious one as well but no it is dakota hudson wow yeah dakota yeah. there all right Unfortunately, with Dakota, there's probably zero irony in that pick. Yeah. So uh, good for you, Dakota. He, I think he loves it. Um, all right. And the final one. Here we go. Oh, I thought that was Dropkick Murphys, but I don't think that is now that I heard the voice. No, I, you know, I definitely think of Dropkick Murphys or, um, oh my God, what's the other one? They were like one of my favorite bands for, uh, quite a while. Um, I'll look it up in a second. Um, so that is the real McKinsey's. Okay. Which I'd never heard of. It was called Chip. All right. Um, was that Jojo Romero? Andrew Kisner. Andre Pallante or Packy Naughton? Oh, it's got to be Packy Naughton. <laughs> Boston. Boston. Yeah. Packy Naughton. Yeah, you know it's Packy Naughton. I cracked up. I couldn't think of anyone else even to throw on there. I knew you'd get it immediately. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's so funny. It's like, yeah, of course, Packy Naughton listening yeah. to the Irish punk. Irish um, punk. I, yeah. I'm glad that that phase is over. I'd never, never that was never my thing. Flogging Molly. That was the name of the band. Yeah. I never, loved never Flogging my thing. Molly. Oh, man. Yeah. They, they were the best of that. Like the. I, yeah. I really liked Flogging yeah. Molly. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why I married Molly. You hit Molly all the time. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Not funny. Um, not funny. Not. But uh, all right. You got three of five. Nice work. Um, yep. You got a C. No, that's a D. We'll give you a D plus. Yeah, I'll take the D. Um, and that was another edition of Who's Walking E? Hey. 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 Naughton. It did make me think of uh, our trip to Boston last year and yeah. uh, how much we were playing that. Uh, was it Dropkick Murphy's? It, it uh, was song Dropkick, from the yeah. Yeah, the song from yeah. The Departed. <laughs> it's called like the... Um, the ice of Boston is a dismemberment plan. It's called like yeah. something of Bo Boston is in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very similar sounding song. I'm shipping no, up I'll, to Boston. That's I'm what shipping it is. up to Boston. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All Not right. My well, shit. More of a Migos guy. Yeah. Yeah. Migos. Uh, I know you love your Def Leppards and your Migos. So. 
All right, that's going to do it for this week. So thanks, everyone, for listening again. TalkingAboutBirds.com, Patreon.com slash TalkingAboutBirds. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with us week after week. We will continue our coverage all off season. So tell your friends we are the best place, I think, to go to for weekly coverage of the, the St. Louis Cardinals. And only option. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have an idea or something you want us to talk about, let us know. We are open. Our, our, our agendas are wide open this offseason, so let us know. And we'll be back next week, hoping for a good, eventful World Series. Uh, and until next week, um, go uh, good baseball games. That's what I'm calling for. Let's go, Monty. Get a ring. There you go. Bye.